Hi, I'm Emily Abbott. Welcome to The Brain Possible, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts that you can give your children is the gift of hope and possibility. Hope to fulfill their dreams or to achieve all that they want in this life. Hope to walk independently. Hope to speak. Hope to have a conversation with you and to be able to tell you what they're thinking out loud. As for possibility, imagine that anything is possible if only you have the faith to believe it. Your journey to become more empowered, informed, connected, and free from limitations starts now. We're so happy that you're taking this journey with us. Today's guest is Dr. Lindy Woodard. Dr. Woodard is a board-certified pediatrician and doctor of homeopathy who found her way to integrative medicine through her stomach. Her love of food and her brother's battle with celiac disease and her own digestive problems sent her to her laboratory, her kitchen. Dr. Woodard served as my son Carter's pediatrician at a thriving and unique integrative medical practice, Pediatric Alternatives, in Mill Valley, California. One of the most special parts of seeing you in your little office in a little yellow house in Marin was feeling that my children were seen and heard on more than just a physical level. And and you always got into how our family was doing emotionally, socially, and I loved how you wanted to know what we were eating. I I learned so much about food and nutrition from you, whether in your office or from you just simply recommending um, recipes or recipe books. So I wanted you to know if you could tell me a little bit about the mission and the vision of Pediatric Alternatives. Well, it's it's interesting. It, it really probably was one action step after another, as we were talking about. Stacia's and my sort of motto right at the beginning was, oh, well, we don't know how to do that, but I guess we'll figure it out. So we really didn't quite know what we were doing. But I'm most grateful to Stacia because she's actually the um, my Stacia, my business partner, Stacia Landsman Kennett, actually Stacia Kennett Landsman. Um, but uh, she realized uh, early in her career that she wasn't completely happy with the Western medical model, and her father had been a physician. So it wasn't a giant leap for her to get an exam table, send out a, uh, buy a mailing list and, and tell people what she was up to, make a little brochure and, and call herself Pediatric Alternatives, which I think was a great name. Um, then we were both actually working at Marin General in, in the uh, urgent care department and the nurses introduced us because they felt we had a lot of commonality. And I think that commonality was not only where we doing regular Western medicine, but we were throwing in some other modalities. For me, I had just started in homeopathy school uh, and Stacia had been studying herbal medicine. So we were offering patients uh, slightly different 
modalities that they could use in addition or instead of the Western medicine modality. So they saw that similarity and they introduced us and we liked each other right away. Um, so that's sort of how the, the practice and Stacia and I came together. But when I look at my own journey that got me to a place of integrative medicine, it was um, a dissatisfaction with the tool chest, the toolkit that I had been handed by Western medicine. Um, I finished my residency in 1979. Oh, no, I started in 79, finished in 82, right after my son was born, and then took a maternity leave and started practicing. And I had a good pediatric residency at Milwaukee Children's. Um, I was well-trained. I had a great practice. I had the kids in front of me. And really, my options were antibiotics, steroids, or nothing. And I was realizing in a short amount of time that this was boring. It didn't work. <laughs> and I wasn't going to be happy being a physician if this is all I had. So that was sort of the um, discontent, I guess, that had me go looking for something else. I think the other piece of information or impetus to look for something different was my own health. Um, since a young child, I had a, a stomach that wasn't comfortable after eating, a lot of gas and bloating. And, and by the time I was in my early 30s, often on the couch every night with a bad stomach ache, and all Western medicine and offered to me was Prilosec. Or, and it worked. I, I, if I took the Prilosec, I felt better. But I thought, wait a minute, am I going to take medicine for the rest of my life? Most everybody has at least one medicine they take to keep themselves feeling comfortable, and many have dozens of medicines. But I, that didn't make a lot of sense to me, just like antibiotics and steroids as my only tools made a lot of sense to me. So, um, and I, I always had an interest in food. My dad was a baker, which was probably why I had all the stomach problems, uh, and uh, through a lot of research at that point, I, able, I was able to um, heal my stomach. And, and that was sort of the first modality that I took on, like, oh, there's something here that I can uh, work with and actually make myself feel better. Can you share what an integrative medical practice is? We kind of made this up. But what we, we use the word integrative because we're integrating Western medicine with other modalities. And I'd say the key premise of an integrative practice is open-mindedness. If a modality causes no harm, why not try it? So that, that's what I would say the basis for an integrative practice is open-mindedness and the, the, the willingness to either try or send patients to practitioners who you have heard do a good job or you've you've tested things on yourself like my dietary uh, principles that I started testing on myself or my husband years ago had fallen off a kid-sized ATV and uh, and fractured his coccyx his tailbone and he went to the orthopedic doctor who said well I'm sorry but you're just going to be miserable for six to nine months and he could barely walk and a friend of hers, his said, well, why don't you 
try my chiropractor. And uh, my mother had taught me that chiropractors were quacks. And so, um, but at that point we had no other options. And I said, well, check it out. And he did the first session. He was much better. And the second session he was healed. So that was another little bit of information. So open-mindedness, observation, and the willingness to try things that will cause no harm. Can you tell me how integrative medicine supports your medically complex patients? I've always felt like when I, when I talk to patients about, um, so tell me about your practice. Um, for me, it's, it's like a, the three legs of a stool. Um, nutrition is one of them. And we can go into that in depth or that might be another podcast. But about 15 years ago, I discovered the West, the Weston A. Price Foundation, westonaprice.org. That's Sally Fallon, a, just a brilliant, committed woman who rediscovered some research of a, a fascinating man, Dr. Weston Price. He was a dentist in Cleveland, Ohio, who studied nutrition in the 30s and came up with some basic principles of good nutrition. And uh, so that's that's the first leg of the stool as far as I'm concerned. Food is medicine. And now in these crazy times and being home, I'm making bone broth, I'm making sauerkraut, I have my kombucha going, the lemon trees are blooming and we're making lots of lemonade since vitamin C is something we can all seem to agree on. And mother nature is just doling it out right now, especially in California. And we also have this wonderful thing called sourgrass. I think it's called oxalis stricta. And uh, the kids walk around and they eat it and it's just loaded with sodium ascorbate, vitamin C. So um, food is medicine, number one. Number two is this whole if you will, overuse of antibiotics. Um, children, uh, parents, we are, our bodies are an entire ecosystem. We don't, we don't need antibiotics nearly as much, I believe, as Western medicine prescribes them. And then since I have other tools in my toolkit, I'm less inclined to go to antibiotics. So that's, that's the second leg of the stool. And the third piece of the puzzle and a very controversial issue is, is vaccines. And we have chosen over the years to give vaccines one at a time and, and not if the children are sick. So we definitely vaccinate, but we've, we've given them very carefully so that if there is a reaction, we'll know that. Uh, many children get two, three, four vaccines at a time. And if there's a reaction, we don't know which one caused it. So those are the three legs of our stool, nutrition, the use of antibiotics, and uh, judicious uh, use of vaccines. How are you handling your practice right now? Are you doing video or, or just phone chats? Yeah, um, it's very interesting. About a year and a half or so ago, uh, the, we learned that we could do telemedicine and uh, the insurance companies were starting to pay for it. And um, much of what we do, we don't need the kids in the room. Obviously you can't do a checkup, but you can have many conversations. And sometimes they're a little easier to have that the kids aren't in the room, right? Uh, so we had been doing telemedicine already for the last year. So we were plugged into the system. So we are talking to a lot of people on telemedicine. Um, 
what I am seeing personally now, I'm, I'm not speaking about, I don't know what's happening with coronavirus. I don't know how it's going to go. But um, in homeopathy, we talk about what Dr. Hahnemann, the founder of homeopathy, called the genus epidemicus. Uh, what is the whole, the whole uh, list of symptoms that are part of this illness? And thank goodness, we don't get all of them. We get a slice of the pie. If all the symptoms are the pie, then we get various slices or bits of that pie. So one thing I can say is for the, for the vast majority of people, it is a flu-like illness. And for some, it's a mild flu-like illness. For some, it's a more serious flu-like illness. But in my population of young adults and children, it's not bad. And I'm starting to get that there are a lot of either asymptomatic or slightly symptomatic people that are going to get the immunity quickly from this virus. So I'm getting hopeful. That's the best word I can use is hopeful that it's not going to last as long as say some of the worst pandemics or epidemics that we've had in the past. It's, it's not going to be like the 1919, which had three spikes and went on over two years. That's my prediction. That's me being a, a seer. <laughs> but um, I'm guessing there's going to be enough um, herd immunity, like we like to use regarding vaccines, that at some point in the not too distant future, we'll be able to go forward. Um, obviously, the older generation is not doing well with this. And one of those. So I am being careful with my for myself and the people are, who are around me. Um, and I, but part of me would like to become immune to this thing. So uh, I think some of us have those thoughts too. But all in all, um, I th it's okay. Um, our, we have a very healthy population too. We have people who are eating well. We have people who are outside. They're not, generally, we don't have a lot of obesity in our practice. So I would say that <laughs> we're back to food as medicine, but real food and uh, bone broth and lemons and fruits and vegetables and meats and eggs. And, and you know, I'm a big proponent of raw milk also. All those real foods is what supports us in our health and will allow us to weather this particular storm. And that's, that's what I'm seeing. So what's in this lemonade that you uh, have mentioned a few times? First of all, lemon juice. So you take real lemons and you juice them. And I would say for uh, half a gallon of water, I might only put in a half to three quarters of a cup of lemon of lemon juice, fill it up with water for, to the half gallon. And then I, I tend to use a, a combination of maple syrup and stevia. So I love maple syrup, but I don't really want all that sugar. And I, but I want it sweeter and too much stevia and it tastes bitter. So I find a, you know, where it tastes good to me with that bit of maple syrup and a bit of stevia. So that would be, it's very basic, but the, the, the scorbic acid, the acetic acid that comes straight from mother nature is very bioavailable. There are other sources, but lemons are, are around. I suspect there are lemon trees in, in Florida and Austin too. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> 
For more on Dr. Woodard and Pediatric Alternatives, please visit pediatricalternatives.com. That's it for today. If you have a chance, please rate and review. Hit subscribe to keep up with new episodes. This episode was filled with definitions, descriptions, and references, so you can keep doing your own research and bring this material to discuss with your own healthcare practitioners. I hope that you found it useful. To keep up with new episodes, make sure to hit subscribe. If you have a chance, I'd love for you to rate and review. As I recently read in a book called Brain Under Attack by Beth Lambert, remember, the recovery can be slow, so try to take it in baby steps as you reach a new normal. You are not alone. There is hope. Healing doesn't happen overnight. Take it one day at a time or even one hour at a time. Have faith and ask yourself, what is possible? Stay hopeful and remember, we'll be here for you every step of the way.